1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms
2: apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and... Ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now
4: let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from the tire Rack.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over ten thousand recommended sellers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Um. So this is a fun thing for me, and I've um, I like to go. To, I like to go to games. I think one of the things that a lot of people in uh, our positions, the mistakes that people make is they they don't they stop attending a g- event and they'll attend big events so they're around people like i'm again and i'm not doing this to take shots at any of the very biggest in our profession but you learn so much more when you go you meet so many more interesting people and like look i've been guilty of it too a lot of times people go and they sit in a box and you know when you're up in a box you'll meet a commissioner you'll meet a president you mean but when you're you know, down around the field and you talk to the actual people doing the work and whenever, you get a lot more stuff. Got a chance to go to Rams Raiders Thursday night. Went to Chargers Dolphins last night. Now first, and, and look, I understand that in your market, you can make fun all you want of the fact that at LA, like the Raiders have had the most home games of any team in the league, right? The, the Raiders have played two games in LA. Those are home games. And then they play what? Nine games in Vegas this year. Right, so the Raiders being bad, despite the fact they basically play two road games in LA is even doubly bad. But I, you know, look, I've been to plenty of NFL stadiums. Not all of them are like Kansas city, right? A lot of them are much more, you know, uh, much, much tamer um, in parts of it during, during bad games. Um, And so Part of it was Raiders Rams. That's a rivalry, right? Those are the two, two of the biggest teams in LA. Uh, even if the game's not good, it was a good rivalry. And Raider fans are actually kind of awesome. And Ram fans kind of mirror them in, in that. Like if, if not for the percentage of Raider fans who are gangsters, it would be an unbelievable fan base. I've, I've said this for a long time. Not every Raider fan is a gangster, you know, or has a criminal record, but most but all gangsters seem to be Raider fans. That's that's the problem that they run to. Anyway, the place was, I think it was 50-50. It might have been more Charger fans than Dolphin fans, but the Dolphin fans were into it. Into it. And I, I just, I understand that it's, you can play poorly. You can be beaten. So... Not every guy plays great every game. Not every team plays great. And sometimes you can get situation in football. You get behind and you got to get away from your game plan and not look great. So this is not based upon the fact that they were beaten. The Chargers mauled the Dolphins. And in addition to the Chargers, who haven't stopped the run since Brandon Staley's been there and you don't have, I mean, think about this, the Chargers defense, they're, um, Highest paid cornerback, J.C. Jackson, barely played and didn't play well, As it, but they signed him as a free agent. He's out for the year. They don't have Derwin James, who might be outside of Micah Parsons, the best player in football. Joey Bosa's in that anybody's discussion of the best rush ends in football. So you don't have those three. And remember, nowadays in the NFL, there's a massive drop-off between Joey Bosa and does anybody know the name of who replaced Joey Bosa? The answer is no. Don't worry about it. You don't have to look it up. Same thing with Derwin James. So you don't have that. And then they started the year with five interior defensive linemen. You know, those are the big guys that are run stoppers. You never even heard their name. Whatever. They don't have any of them on the roster anymore. Because of injuries. And then they trade away what? Jerry Tillery, they they, they cut. And they mauled the Dolphins. But it wasn't just the, the stopping of the run. It was Tua looked, he just couldn't complete a pass properly. I mean, go, go back and think about it. Um, the Dolphins did not snap the ball inside Chargers territory until late in the fourth quarter, where ultimately they were held to a field goal, a long field goal, then they kicked the onside kick. They weren't in Chargers territory. And the Chargers, forget 85 Bears, they're not the 95 Bears. That was a mauling. But it was also one of those where somehow we got into this discussion that Emmanuel Acho, like, people give Justin Herbert a pass and they don't give Tua a pass and Tua is just as good. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, forget the fit just the physical dimensions. Like we're just judging based upon how they play. Justin Herbert makes every throw. Okay. Clearly goes through his progressions, insanely accurate with these lasers that he's throwing out there. This despite a patchwork offensive line. And he doesn't have his his, you know, all, all pro left tackle as well as the fact that, you know, look, you don't have your six-foot-nine tight end who's out as well. They finally get Keenan Allen back, and and it was, it was a six-point game, but it was the least close six-point game I've ever seen. I mean, the crazy play with Tyreek Hill picking up the ball and running it in for a touchdown, and then the other touchdown was the defender got his feet tangled up with Tyreek Hill and fell down. But the big part is everybody, look, Chargers have underachieved most of the year, some because of injury, some because they haven't played well. They finally played probably better than their defensive talent on the field would, would lead you to believe. And the Dolphins looked exactly like you thought they would look. A team with great speed, and all the questions about Tua are very much back. These last two games have either his confidence runs hot and cold, and when he's not confident, he can't hit the broad side of a barn or he's just not that good and better defenses. Now people have a beat on him and they're all pressing his wide receivers. And as fast as those guys are, he just doesn't make those, those downfield down throws nearly well enough. Bayer, you're, you're, you're the most neutral of all of us, right? Um, because you're a Seahawks fan, but also because you watch all these games in the league and you always have. What was your perception of what you saw last night
5: in the field? Um, yeah. There's, I almost feel bad for Tua Doug in the way that he will now always have to be compared to Justin Herbert. Because, you know, we, we maybe we don't use it too often. Maybe it's not apropos. But like Herbert is almost starting to feel like a one of one sort of guy or they, you know, these guys just don't they just don't come around. Um and it's not to say that he hasn't had his struggles, but like when when he's on like there's a ceiling that very very few can reach. And and I think you saw it last night and to your point about, you know, what the Chargers do and didn't have on both sides of the ball and maybe, you know, what the Dolphins do and don't have on their sides of the football. There is something to closing that gap when your team isn't good enough. And Justin Herbert has that ability. And I thought last year that I wasn't as hard on Tua last year as a lot of people were. I didn't think that Tua had that trait in him. But again, not every quarterback does – Um Herbert does, and that actually may be the most unfair thing is that he's always going to be compared to Herbert because of their draft spots.
3: You know what the the other the the part about it, which is this is actually you you kind of nailed it, and let me try and let me try and put it in my own. I'm going to steal your work and use it as my own, but it's because I agree with you. Is, uh, and I think Emmanuel Acho fell into this trap. Is we've always said like win loss is a quarterback record. It is, but not always. It is, but not always. And you really have to pay attention. You have to watch. You have to understand everything kind of going on around. Because if you watched, yes, the Chargers haven't made the playoffs with Justin Herbert as starting quarterback. And so I guess that falls on his – but literally, I, I mean, I could pick out maybe two or three other guys in the league where the Chargers could have been even modestly successful as they had – with them at quarterback, right? He's the only reason that they've been even in the, like could have made the playoffs last year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not said the only one, right? Obviously Keen Allen's very good, but I'm, he has been so good under adverse situations that I actually think the record is, supports him. Whereas an outsider would say, well, they haven't made the playoffs. He puts off all these numbers. They must be getting behind big early and then, you know, he he goes against prevent defense. Like, no, that's not it. He literally has to keep them in every game by himself and hope the defense doesn't collapse. And then he's had game-winning drives. That, I mean, you go back against Kansas City, right? Game-winning drive. Then Mahomes comes back and does it. He gets it with 30 seconds to go.
5: Yeah. Raiders game last year. Um, What they needed at the end. The fourth down conversions. We talk about the Chargers like they're a 5-9 and nine team as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there they are, seven and six. You know, in the playoffs, something that right now, if the playoffs started today, the Jets wouldn't be. Um, it's not a shot at the Jets, it just tells you, you know, like how we right. look no, at these you're, teams.
3: No, you That's a it's a great point. Like right now, the Chargers would be are still a colossal disappointment. The Chargers, Charger, and the Jets are having a great year, and, and like they get the same record. Yeah, <laughs> they get the, they get the same record. And, and and the Chargers, they both suffered massive injuries. But the Chargers, I would say, you know, when you have like seven
5: star players and five of them have been out for most of the year, yeah, that's, that, that's you know, a tough. And game. I know you were at the game, so you didn't see it. But they put the graphic up of how many times Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were on the field at the same time this season. And it was about like 45. And last night at that point, it was around 25. You know, so it was, you know, I mean – there, there was you know a third of their playing time together on the same field this season came last night against the Dolphins and was probably more as the as the game ended up going on, but also with that Doug, like, and uh, Keenan Allen isn't the same Keenan Allen as he was two years ago, no question. Runs about five yard routes now he can get open in those five yards when they need him, but it is not. And you know Mike Williams, yeah, he can throw it up, and yeah, you know, you know Joshua Palmers. You know, made a made a nice catch last night on the sidelines. But, you know, it's not like it's the no, old Keenan my, no, Allen. Either. And
3: and even even Mike Williams, I know he signed a big deal, like he lumbers. He's a big man who lumbers, right? Like he'll yeah. and, and if you watch and again, this is where if you're there you you do and, and it's one of those if you ever called a game in play by play, I've I've only done it twice, so I I really learned more from the second time, obviously than the first time is you know they don't, guys don't necessarily play every play. And so Mike Williams, like, he'll run around, then he fists and he comes out. Tyreek, uh, I, I mean, honestly, like, Tyreek Hill is, is the MVP for the Dolphins. I mean, that guy has, it just, he's a, every time 10 steps on the field, you're like, okay, like, what, what's going to happen here? He's that, because the rest of it just looked incredibly pedestrian. I was blown away how bad the Dolphins were. And I just, I, I was I was stunned, and it, the biggest portion of it was Tua, and it wasn't because it was like one of those things where sometimes a quarterback he's under so much pressure, like dude, no one can make those throws. He had guys open, there was some pressure, but he just mi- and he missed badly,
5: badly. I'll also say this, you know, after their loss against the Niners, saw some articles being like, hey man, the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel, what they did, and I really like Mike McDaniel quite a bit. But they were putting some of the blame on Tua on the throws. All that I heard last week, and I know the Chargers were shorthanded, but it was also that this team is one of the worst uh, bottom three in the NFL against the run. And what do they do in their first three plays last night? Pass, pass, pass. Like they took 12 seconds off the clock and immediately punted it back. There was no effort to even get a run game going against the Chargers uh, last night. When Jeff Wilson was actually healthy, there were a few opportunities. Um, I think the Dolphins missed out in that you know aspect. I think they put too much on on to his plate. I don't know. He had guys run open. The, I thought they tried
3: to. Run, I thought the Chargers did a good job of stopping the run. I, I really really did. Yes, you, losing Wilson definitely hurt them. No question about it. Uh, but I was I was surprised they didn't run it more. But I mean, they the Chargers defense was good, and and he missed some. I mean, he had guys wide open. He just missed. And it wasn't like he missed where they had a chance. Like, ah, was that a drop? Was that, like, he missed bad on some of those guys that were open. Um, but, you know, like, look, the if, you, if you've if you watched the Dolphins on tape and then you watch them in person, what you'll notice is how quickly he gets rid of it. Like, there's a really good ability to decipher who's going to be open, where they're going to be open, and that's where he's kind of quickly going with it. And what the Chargers did was, it was a lot like Patriots, Colts back in the day, where it was a timing based offense they just force him off the route they just redirect him a little bit and they were very physical with him and challenged them and I thought it, it it worked not because the guys weren't open but because it screwed up to his timing and he just doesn't have the ability to deliver it on time and uh, you know when it's a little bit uh, a little bit off rhythm you know you, you can't change so I don't know I watched the game I was like I, 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 I didn't think it was a discussion. And then it became an in any sort of comparison became embarrassing after watching it. Like literally, it was like this is embarrassing to compare these two. I, f- I do I feel bad for Tua because of it. Yes, uh, John. A
4: uh, quick question. I, and I, they mentioned it on the on the broadcast that Tua hasn't really ran ran a lot this year, and I think it's probably because of the concussions. Is that correct? Normally he he is no he's running. Not very, he never no, he just doesn't not. run at all. Okay.
3: Uh, I don't know. If he doesn't run. At all. He's not not really athletic. He's not. He's not Byron Leftwich back there, but he's not <laughs> yeah. He's he's not athletic. Um he's fine, you know, he's got good little feet within the pocket, but he's little. Obviously being left the only left-handed quarterback's not easy either. Um and then he's not re- he's not a runner. I mean, look, the reason he got hurt in college was guys caught him. He's not a runner. And if you get caught in college and you've had that type of hip and ankle injuries you're going to be slower in the pros and everybody in the pros is faster. Like he runs and you hold your breath. He ran a little bit last night. Uh, he took one good pop. It, it's not a lack of toughness with him. Like there's a, there there's a, there's a lot of Baker Mayfield to him, right? There's a lot of Baker Mayfield where th- there's no flaws in them as human beings and they're smart enough to do it. And they're good enough leaders and people like them, right? Different types of leadership, obviously between Tua and Baker, but They just don't have the goods with their arm or their legs. Like you can't run it the way, the way that I mean, see, we can't throw it the way that Herbert and Mahomes can throw it, you know, or Burrow can throw it. You got to be able to move as well, really move. And he, he, both of those guys can't. Both of those guys can't fun game though. And when you see the dolphins, like everybody has the dolphins jersey on, um, did you guys like, like we're all kind of similar, similar ages. Remember when the Dolphins were good when they had Mark Clayton and it was Clayton and Duper, super duper. Oh yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. I don't know. I don't remember just about anybody else in that team though. Byers probably knows everybody. Did you know, well, everybody on the Miami They, they had
5: those non-distinct or uh, those running backs every once in a while that would do well that was really after marino. That was after marino. No, during marino. What was his name? Uh what was his name? Jennings? Dan? One of the guys that was in uh Ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was good cuz he was good Nathan. In te- Tony Nathan was Tony uh, Nathan was another one, yeah. Yeah. Was uh one of them. They had the killer bees uh defense. Uh Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was uh early early 80s. How um,
3: good was Monday Night Football? Nat we, Moore it, it, was
5: the uh, the other wide receiver they had. Mark Clayton.
3: Well, well he was like, part Clayton, of the Duper. Marks Marks yeah. brothers. Oh, okay. uh,
5: Clayton, and Clayton. Clayton and Duper. Clayton and yeah. They also, Clayton. also had Mark Clayton. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Duper. They had, they had Mark Duper. They had Mark Duper. <laughs> ah, Jason, do you know any of oh, the Dolphins on that team uh, that, that hey, we were missing? Maybe hey, here. Uh,
3: Hey, uh, uh Dan. Clayton, Mark
5: Clayton. Dan, did, <laughs> yeah, yes, Doug? they. They had Dan Marino as well. Okay. They also, with Marino, they had Clayton, Mark Clayton, <laughs> and Mark Cooper.
4: <laughs>
5: oh my God! It's so good,
3: so good.
5: Uh, it was a, that was a strong uniform game, wasn't it? Yes, it would be stronger if the Dolphins would go back to their not lifeless dolphin, even though it's apparently what. Atom- uh, anatomically correct.
3: Wait, wh- <laughs> wait, what? What did they do? They changed the
5: dolphin. Yeah, so the dolphin yeah. used to like be ch- jumping through the, you know, like the, with the, the sun with in the, the background. Yeah, it's, but yeah. Have, like eye, the eyes bigger. I something? thought it was a hoop when I was a kid, and then I'm like, oh, it's a sun. I didn't realize that it was. The oh, I didn't realize sun. either. I thought it was yeah. a hoop too. No. I thought it was. No, but they changed the design because this is actually how dolphins appear when they jump oh, out of the water. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so dumb. Who was the person who chose to complain? Who
3: was the first person to go, you know, you're like, oh, uh, you, you know, the, the dolphin when it jumps out of the water. I mean, I've actually, this is, this is a true story. I've been to Maui once we, I took, we took our kids, uh, God, this is probably a decade ago, almost maybe eight or nine years ago. And we're on a cruise, like a dolphin cruise or whatever. And they're like, start talking about it. And my daughter Grace is like, "Yeah, do you know the dolphins are actually nocturnal?" And she starts spitting out all these dolphin facts. And then she starts the the tour guide is she's like telling the tour guide all this. I'm like, "How the heck?" She's like, "Dad, YouTube." Anyway, did you get did you guys know the dolphins spinner dolphins are actually nocturnal? Was kidding. Serious? Some serious. It's like. That's like Cliff Clavin. She knows all this stuff about things that nobody thought anybody knew anything about.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
6: You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Let's welcome
3: in Dante Whitner. Dante Hittner, a uh, Pro Bowl safety with the Bills and the Niners. Of course, uh, if you watch NBC Sports Bay Area, you know he does a great job uh, breaking down the entire NFL and focusing on one of his former teams, the Niners. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You've seen Brock Purdy twice now. Um, obviously, uh, to those of us who just watch the highlights, watch the game, seem to play really well. Um, but you, knowing this league and knowing what it takes, uh, can this last?
7: Absolutely. Look at what he did, accomplished in college at Iowa State. He had 46 starts. You can't take that lightly. There's a procedure that you have to go through as a starting quarterback on any level. And when you have 46 starts in college, when you're able to sit behind guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, when you're able to play against a defense like the 49ers have, that are number one in every statistical category, and be able to create explosives on that defense... It gives you the confidence to go out and execute at a high level versus the Miami Dolphins, which he did two weeks ago. And yesterday, he had a phenomenal game. And not just throwing the ball, creating explosive. it's that added dimension of being able to improvise and create plays with his legs. So I think that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers organization are extremely excited about Brock Purdy.
3: Uh, conversely, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, obviously a pretty miserable day for, for Tom Brady. Hard for anybody to really get a sense of what he's going to do, but do you think he goes out this way?
7: I don't think Tom Brady goes out this way. He has the heart of a champion. He can still get it done. If you watch the film, he can still make all the throws. He can still maneuver around the pocket. He hasn't slowed down with the, the mechanisms of being able to decipher what the defense is in and how they're trying to affect them. I think it's more so of the players around him. And those guys performing at a high level. And they don't have that dominant defense that they had when they won the Super Bowl. So I think that with Tom Brady, you have to retool the roster and he'll return because I don't see 4C Tom Brady going out in this way.
3: Dante Whitner, joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You saw Tua in person last week. Then we all watched him last night. Actually, I went to the game last night. Uh, he had been in the discussion for the MVP and then – Really struggled against the Niners, and you could make the case was worse last night because it ain't like he was going against Nick Bosa last night with the Chargers. What do you think of Tua long term?
7: Well, first off, I gave him a new nickname after the Forty ers game, and that was Tua uh, turned the ball over. Right, <laughs> the Forty ers they rattled him. They put the DNA and they put the game plan out there that every defense can can pretty much duplicate and replicate. And first, of foremost, you have to take away Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the deep ball. You have to be really good with your eyes and feeling the tempo of a lot of those RPO routes that they like to throw over the middle of the field. And your linebackers and safeties have to have a good feel for that and be ready to break on those balls. You know that they have, they love the quick game. If you take the quick game away from him, you stop the run and put him into those third and obvious situations where he has to read the defense, he's not at that level yet. Mike McDaniels, Um, The head coach for the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan, they've implemented these offenses where you don't need a quarterback that's a wizard. You just need a dominant running game. You need quick throws. You need players that can get yards after the catch, low-risk throws, and you can have success with those guys. So I think that the league right now, as far as defense, they're starting to catch up with Tua and what McDaniels in that offense is doing in Miami.
3: There was there was a very limited, but it became a loud discussion on the comparisons of Tua and Herbert. And really, the criticism was like, "Hey, if Herbert's so good, how come his team hasn't been in the playoffs?" You played this. You 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 played at the very highest level. What's your what's your uh, uh, what's your evaluation of Justin Herbert? Having watched him now these last four years.
7: Well, Justin Herbert is a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And everything that I just said that Tua can't do with being able to understand the defense, who's the free guy, who to look off, mannerisms, eyes, who's blitzing, how to set the front, these guys weren't asked to do that in college. Justin Herbert, when you watch him, and I went to the 49ers practice, I believe, last year when he was in his, what, second, third year, and he shredded them. And this is the number-one defense. Some of the same players that are still out there this is somebody that understands the game of football and can make all the throws at a high level. So I don't understand where the talk that he's a social media quarterback comes from and all of this stuff. When you watch the kid, he can really slim the football. He's a smart kid. He can get it done improvising. So I think that, yeah, Herbert is a top five quarterback in my opinion. Um
3: but it feels like Seattle. It feels like the the Seattle story is is ending the way we thought it was all going to go. What, what's what's gone wrong for Seattle recently?
7: Well, they're turning the ball over now. Teams are starting to understand that Geno Smith is a quick game quarterback, and if you can take away their run game, you can run the ball on their defense and not turn the ball over because they are opportunistic on defense. You can beat the Seahawks. Um, and but on Thursday night, when the 49ers go into um, to the Seahawks Stadium. It's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to be a cakewalk. You're going to get Geno Smith's best. It's going to be a short week. You're traveling. They're going to pump artificial noise into that stadium. You still have a young quarterback who's yet to start a game on the road. So it's going to be difficult. They understand that the division is up for grabs, and they don't want the 49ers to go ahead and clinch the division and lock in for a playoff spot. So you'll see a different Seattle Seahawks team on Thursday night.
3: Do you give any pass to the Cowboys over their poor performance because they're playing the Texans who everybody thought they'd just show up in Mollywell?
7: Yeah, I can sort of give them a pass. When you watch the Houston Texans on film, it's much to be desired out there, and that's in all three phases. And, you know, we're all humans. You know, sometimes, you know, you see a team like the Houston Texans and you think you're going to run all over them. You probably don't take the preparation during the week as seriously as you're supposed to. You probably don't have the energy levels that you would have if you were going out to play the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, so you can sort of give them a pass, you know. In the NFL, it's any given Sunday, and you're going to get everybody's best shot when you're the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, you can give them a pass. I'm just looking forward to that Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys game.
3: Yeah, what do you think of the Eagles? I was I was looking, look, like, the Eagles are 12 and one. Okay, they do an incredible job of getting out early on you, getting a lead, making you play catch up, and then they got to – Tremendous defensive line and pass rush. Um, But what do you think of the Eagles when they play the better teams? Because as much as, yeah, they beat the Giants and Tennessee's falling apart, like their schedule's been really soft and they have the Cowboys game coming up in in two weeks. Where are you on what statistically feels like they're the best team in the league, but you can't, they haven't played the Kansas City's, they haven't played the Buffalo's, they haven't played the, the top AFC teams?
7: I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts. I've always been a believer, even when he was at Alabama. He's um, a guy that persevered through just so many, you know, devastating things in his career. And he's a guy that can put tremendous pressure on the defense with the throws, being able to, you know, affect the affect the game with his legs. And then look what he has on the outside. He has receivers that can win one on one matchups. Big receivers um, on the defense side of the ball. They're built properly. They're built through the defensive line. They have corners, Darius Slay and all of these guys that can lock up and play man-to-man coverage. And they consistently prove that it doesn't matter who you put in front of them. It doesn't matter if we beat you by one point, we're winning games and it all matters how you're performing. When you get into December and you get ready for that playoff push. So Philly has been doing it all year in a tough city. It's tough to play in Philly. They've been getting it done. I'm a true believer in what they can accomplish.
3: Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, as always. Uh, Dante, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
7: All right. Thanks for having me, Doug. Look forward to it next time. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at
4: 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other
6: Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck you buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer, check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: This Christmas, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, Before we get to the press... Let's play for you. This is Emmanuel Acho on his show called Speak on Fox Sports 1, addressing um, a debate which I believe he was the only one who started, which was Tua versus Justin Herbert.
8: I got to start things off right. After Justin Herbert's performance yesterday, sorry is not enough. So I have self-imposed three punishments that I must adhere to. Now, number one, though sorry is not enough, apology is necessary. The first thing, I will issue an apology immediately. This is immediately. Justin Herbert was my bad. This one's on me. You dominated last night. You were throwing strikes. You were throwing darts. Shame on me for doubting you last night in the present tense. I am sorry, Justin Herbert. Chargers fans, Your boy Acho taking this L like a man standing in it. I'm sorry. Second thing I must do, self-imposed punishment. I will not engage in the Tua Herbert debate for the rest of the regular season. The debate is still out there, but I will not personally engage. I will refrain for the rest of the regular season. If they see themselves again in the playoffs, we can talk then. Number three, self-imposed punishment. I won't consider Sir Justin Herbert a social media quarterback until earliest week 18, I will not refer to Justin Herbert as a social media quarterback again until week 18 when you'll have the Denver Broncos and what could be a must win game. Chargers fans, I'm sorry you have my word. Y'all did show love in the stadium. I appreciate you.
3: Wait, what just happened? So I don't know why anybody would think he needed to apologize. He didn't actually say he was wrong. So, like, what... That was amazing theater. So, again, uh, and and you guys, maybe you perceive it differently than the way I perceive it. No one else was comparing Herbert to Tua other than Emanuacho. Acho spends a couple weeks comparing the two. Tua looks awful in the last two weeks. Justin Herbert was okay last week. Very good uh, this week. And the the point is Justin Herbert is the better quarterback it's not even close and last night was only more pronounced because they were against each other in the same stadium on the same field at the same time with the same conditions so he s- still doesn't think he's wrong and he's apologizing for what i don't know let's get to the press
4: the press
5: what do you got there, Dan Byer? You know, Doug, uh, as a Seahawks fan, and yeah, their whole deal right now, n- completely other story, uh, falling apart as the season winds down because they can't stop the run. As a Seahawks fan, because they're in that uh, Pacific Northwest upper corner, travel is usually difficult um, you know, for them. How about what the Dolphins are going to have to encounter, okay? So you have San Francisco last week. They stayed out here in Southern California because they played the Chargers last night in L.A. Now they have to go to Buffalo on Saturday where four to seven inches of snow are being forecast for Saturday in Buffalo.
3: They're going to get murdered. Man. H. I mean, they're going to get mur- The dude, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a tough schedule. I mean, like, look, part of it is you would it's it's okay to say that's unfair. I would say it's also unfair that they have some of their like the Bills are sitting there going like, hold on a second, we had to play down there in September. Like that's yeah, unfair. Correct. And and I, I only know this because I did a sideline game for Fox. The visitor sideline in September and early October, because of the location of the sun. A one PM local game that visitor sideline is under the sun the whole time because there's a you know just a hole in the roof kind of like old Cowboy Stadium whatever but the the angle of the sun just beats down on you so it's a complete advantage so yeah they have a disadvantage but they had
5: an advantage much of the season. And now it, it balances out. Mike McDaniel mentioned the exact thing that you talked about, the heat in Miami. It's just something that you you deal with and teams have to deal with and they may have to deal with four to seven inches of snow. It's just a just a that's a really tough road trip. Like I, I don't know like how the NFL puts that one together. I get teams staying on the coast. It's happened a lot where, hey, we'll play two back-to-back games on the East Coast or West Coast, and then we'll fly back. But to now do this and have them play on a Saturday after a Sunday night game? Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, like super, super tough. Bad enough for the Buccaneers yesterday. Monday night, fly across country and got to you know, play against the 49ers on a on a somewhat short week. No, anyway. So the
3: Buffalo go directly to – they wouldn't go right to – Miami didn't go to, Buff, to Buffalo, right? They went home last night?
5: I would hope so. Yeah, I would think that's probably the case.
3: Yeah, so they um, took a rest. I home because where are you can, yeah. So you're off today, probably right? Instead of Tuesdays, normally you're off day and then you get, a- get after it. I don't know. That's got to be that's 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 rough.
5: Yeah, real tough ask for sure. Uh, the Saints are sticking with Andy Dalton as the team's starting quarterback for week 15 against the Falcons. And the Falcons made it official that Desmond Ritter will start against New Orleans coming up on Sunday. Expected, right? Yeah, the Dalton thing is, you know, I mean. Don't you at least have to try to squeeze some more juice out of Jameis to see? You know, so you think, right? Yeah. Is is he is Jameis not healthy? I, I don't. Are they just done with Jameis? Yeah, that's it. Seems to be the seems to be the case. Um, an update on Mike Leach, Mississippi State head coach, remains in critical condition after a reported heart attack over the weekend. The Clarion Ledger says the 61 year old coach co- coach collapsed at his home Sunday, may have suffered brain damage. Um, so, yeah, so Mike Leach's situation is still a very, very tough one as he's hospitalized in Mississippi. Uh, the the godfather
3: of the spread offense and just, you know, a delightful interview to always have
5: and just an interesting guy. God, he's only 61 years old. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Caleb Williams, winner of the Heisman Trophy, one of three USC players selected to the AP All-American first team today. USC, by the way, the most players on the first team of any school in the country. The first team all AP really? Yeah, yeah. I was a bit surprised by that. Uh, Alabama had a couple. Will Anderson, uh, one of those, and Doug in college hoops. Mm -hmm. Purdue, the new number one. Yes, in the top twenty-five Associated Press college hoops poll. Virginia second, followed by UConn, Alabama, and Houston. Man. I saw Houston was up double digits on the Crimson Tide, and I'm like, yep. all right, it's probably done. It was like 44-29 or something. Yep. Went and did some work, did some Came painting. Hey back like, what the heck happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, same, same thing kind of happened to me, too, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Oh,
3: well. Yeah. I went back and watched the game. It was something else. Alabama's talented crew, so it was Arkansas, it was SEC teams. Yeah. And that's the press.
4: Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. <laughs>
3: I'll give you my pick in the podcast, but the Patriots are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Glendale, Arizona tonight. Dan Byer, who do you like?
5: Belichick versus Kingsbury. Are you kidding me? Give me the Patriots all day. Uh, What about you there, Jason Stewart? Yep, Pats. Give the points. John
3: Ramos. I will
4: take the Cardinals.
3: Oh, good. We didn't have like an NBC crew last night that all picked (laughs) the the, the Dolphins, right? It, It does happen. Check out the In the Bonus podcast.
4: It's available now wherever you download this podcast. Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
2: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
1: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. God!